0: Welcome to the PASL Podcast CMO Series. It often comes to pass that a new CMO is brought in by a law firm to review and improve the firm's go-to-market approach. In some rare cases, the firm has little to no existing marketing function, and the new CMO must build from the ground up. Today on the PASL CMO Series, we're lucky to welcome Chris Posteasy, Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at MGM, and the law firm. Join us as we explore the challenges, learnings, and successes that come from a clean slate as a new CMO. Chris, welcome to the CMO series. Charles, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. And dialing in from Boston today, I've got fond memories racing down the river there at the head of the Charles.
1: Yeah, always, always a great town when the weather is nice. Otherwise, you know, it's time to head south because, you know, as, as they say here in Boston, if you don't like the weather, wait, wait 30 minutes. Uh, and sometimes it's the greatest weather in the greatest city. And other times it's uh, time to head south and get warm. So happy you've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, good times. And so so for, for context, how did you come to be in the role of CMO at MGMM? Were you looking for a challenge like this? You know,
1: I really wasn't. So I, I came from uh, big law. Uh, I was with an international law firm uh, with offices in Boston, D.C. and, and other uh, cities around the United States, as well as over in Europe and in Beijing. Uh, and I really enjoyed my time there. I was there for 13 years and I wasn't really looking to move. I mean, I'm always interested in, in new adventures and new challenges, uh, but I was quite happy. I had a, a big team, a strong team. There were over 50 of us in the marketing and business development function over there. Uh, and we were a well-oiled machine, but you know, I was contacted by um, MGM, the law firm, um, and I and I started going through the process, the interview process. And you know, I think everybody says this, but I immediately fell in love with the people and the culture. Uh, it's it's a very different uh, environment than I was used to, and that's not to say that the environment at my last firm was bad by any means. Um, but here, it was all hands on deck. And I was very excited about the way they had laid out the position. And, and what I mean by that is, in my experience, when it comes to bringing on a new chief marketing officer, a new chief marketing and BD officer, you're brought in to do one of two things, either hire or fire, right? And, and that's kind of a depressing way to look at it. But oftentimes, a, a new chief has you know, a goal of either cleaning house and rebuilding a team, cutting staff, saving money, or starting from the ground up. And I wasn't willing to, to enter into a job to come over to another law firm where it was the, the fire aspect, if you will. Um, you know, I really didn't want to get into that that deliverable. right? I was much more looking forward to building out a team in my vision uh, for what I thought marketing and business development should be at a law firm. And when I went through the process, it was made very clear to me that that was what they wanted me to do. Uh, you know, The first sign was there was no team in place at all. I would be the first hire. Um, At that time, uh, they were actually outsourcing marketing and business development to an agency. That agency was doing a good job. They were working hard, but they really wanted to move the function in-house. And so as part of the interview process, they said, we're we're looking to bring in a chief. We, We want him or her to be able to build a team. We want to make sure that they, you know, bring expertise that we have not had here at the firm, and so it was just a really good match. Um, I I found myself very much aligned with the COO. His name is Chris McDevitt. Uh, We see eye to eye in a lot of, you know, business development, marketing activities, but also just in firm culture and who we want to be working with every day. Um, I can give you just one quick anecdote um, of of my time here that kind of summarizes the culture here, and and I would say, um, you know, I sit in a lot of meetings. And I would offer up a piece of advice as I do every day, and here I would get this look, um, and they would say, "Well, it's not advice; it's what we should be doing because you're the expert, and we hired you to be the expert. So if you're telling us, we know, we need to do ABC, we're going to go and do ABC, uh, as opposed to you know, and again, this is no reflection on on previous places of employment, but oftentimes it was. Oh, well, we get that. We'll we'll keep that in mind as we make some decisions on what we really want to do from a from a business development or a marketing standpoint. And you know, maybe half of the information I share would, would be taken by the partnership or or maybe none or or maybe all. But here it has been an excellent place to settle in and, and be positioned as the expert and and for them to take the advice that I give, that my teams gives and take it to heart and really follow our lead. It's been it's been a very exciting year and a half since I've joined.
0: Just by hearing you you talk about that, it sounds like you've really Landed on your feet and found a found a place that you really sort of fit into, and and given that opportunity, you know to be the expert in marketing.
1: It it, it has been great, and um, you know, anytime you take a new job, right, decide to leave what you consider a, a good place to work and move to another law firm or or whatever it is, you know, whatever industry it may be. There's a huge risk you're taking, right? You don't know if you're going to land softly or not, and this has been an incredible move for my career. It's been an incredible move for me personally and professionally. Um, and it's just been, I, I couldn't be happier for for where I'm at uh, for the challenges I face every day and, and for the trust that they put in me and my
0: team. So you mentioned it um, in response to that first question, but um, you know, you've been in the role a year and a half now and before you came into that role, uh, it was outsourced and there was very much um, not, not, not much happening in terms of marketing. So Where is the firm sort of now compared to where it was back when you started?
1: Yeah, great question. So the firm as a whole has been, MGM, the law firm has been very strong, right? The revenues are strong, great group of attorneys. We're we're continuing to grow. I think we've added about maybe 20 attorneys since I've started here in in, in the year and a half I've been here. So a lot of lateral moves, uh, obviously some promotions up to the partnership level. Uh, So the firm has been strong and continues to be strong. On the marketing and business development side, there really was not a team in place, right? So I started from the ground up. Now, there were a couple individuals, I hate to use this term, but more junior employees that they had in place before I got here, and they had left the firm. And like I said, uh, we were relying on an agency model to really drive marketing and business development. And that agency did a good job. It's just... You can't replace having a marketing and business development team in place that knows the firm inside and out, works with the attorneys in, you know every single day. That's how you build the knowledge, how you build the trust, how you build the team is to really be here every day working. So they decided as a firm to move away from that, that agency model, if you will, and, and bring me in. So when I came in, I was a team of one and to go back to what I was saying, you know, you're either, you're either brought into hire or fire. And I was 100% on the hire team, if you will, uh, as opposed to the firing. But there were times I questioned that decision. And, and what I mean by that is when you walk in, you know, I was a, I was a director at my last firm. I had a team of 14 individuals. Um, I had a lot of people to, to help me out. And all of a sudden I was here doing everything from posting to social media, uh, to trying to develop new areas of practice, to internal t- communications, to doing bio updates, to onboarding lateral partners. And it was quite the show um, to, to for all of that to fall on me. And so there was a lot of work to be done. The first thing I did uh, was the firm empowered me to start building that team. And, and I'm happy to say now we are still very agile, but I have a marketing communications manager, uh, Caitlin Flanagan. She was the first one to join my team. She put her trust in me. Uh, I brought her over from my previous firm. Um, I brought in a BD manager. Her name is Kristen DeCandia. She's excellent. Brought her from Big Law as well. Uh, And Stephanie Wilson joined us from my previous firm. You can see a little theme here. I've taken two two thirds of my hires from my previous firm. You know, if you're if you're not borrowing from uh, places of uh, success, then what are you really doing, right? Why why reinvent the wheel if you know that there's great staff out there, people you want to work with on a daily basis, and that are going to do a good job? Once the team was in place, it it was all about showing our worth, right? And I think that that's really very important in legal marketing and in business development. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes you can be looked at as a cost center. Um, you know, I like to use the term; it's kind of gaining some track that, that traction that we are uh, revenue enablers. You know, some people might roll their eyes at that, but that's actually true. You know, we are here to assist our partnership on a daily basis of increasing firm revenues, and I'm and excited to say that with the team in place, we have done that over the last you know year and a half that I've been here. So it's an exciting time to be here. We've come a long way in a short amount of time. You know, the projects um, are, are starting to add up, and, and again, we can get into that in a little bit. But we are. We've hit the ground running, we've built those relationships with the partners, we're presenting monthly to the partnership on all different areas of marketing and business development, and it's been a very exciting time to be here.
0: And I, I, I like that, that that approach of seeing yourselves as those revenue enablers. So you've, you're, you've taken the role, you've built your team, now into the nitty gritty. What have been the main projects that you've prioritized in in that first year?
1: Yeah, I I would start with, you know, to use the term 80-20. When, when I first got here, it, we had a lot of reactive work to do, right? We had to make sure bios were getting updated and practice descriptions were getting edited. And, you know, we could post something to social media. And which social media platforms were we going to continue focusing on? And how could we help an attorney when all of a sudden, you know, a 95-question a, a RFP showed up? Before I got here, it, it, we'll use the example of an RFP the attorneys were doing at least 80% of that, you know, and scrambling to find assistance, uh, whether it was through the agency or, or or through some previous members of a marketing and BD function to try to help them answer the other 20%. And immediately I said, look, you all need to go be lawyers. You need to bill hours. That's how I get paid. That's how the firm succeeds. That's how we drive revenue. And so the projects that we focused on right away were that 80-20 will right? Finding ways to answer 80% of an RFP before it came in the door, banking all of our RFP answers, stepping up on our our pitch packets, right? Making sure that they were professionally positioned, that they had the right content, that they looked great from a design perspective. So some of the things we prioritize, right? Editorial and graphic standards, didn't have much of that in place. Uh, Caitlin did an excellent job when she came in and building out those capabilities. You know, when I first came in, we were producing one, maybe two pieces of thought leadership as a as a law firm a month. we built a writing team of associates and, a, and, and partners where they work together and now we're producing two to three times that amount of content. We've brought in news aggregators to get eyes on our content. We have uh, one of the two technology projects that that I was really pushing for as part of the interview process that I wanted to make sure we focused on was a website, a partner. Uh, in our, uh, at our firm built the current website that we have. Uh, He did an excellent job in 2017, but it's time for a refresh. And so the firm has empowered myself and my team to rebuild a website. The second digital project that we are very much focused on is a CRM. So, you know, a customer relationship management tool. We're getting our contacts organized. We're building all of that out. Both of those technology projects started last year and will carry over into this year with a goal of launching them before the end of the year. You know, a couple other things that we were very focused on because of the amount that the partnership does these things would be CEs and CLEs. We do a lot of these CE sessions, right? Uh, continuing education and continue legal education efforts with clients and prospects. They come to our attorneys and they're regularly asking for these presentations. We've built out a library. We have a deck a, a deck of slides that we can pull from on a regular basis. We have a roster of which attorneys do what, right? So really getting our ship in order was very, very important for year one and making sure that when an email came in from a partner saying, hey, I want to do a CLE, how do I do that? We knew how to do it, how to get organized, You know, what decks we had available, what attorneys should be leading those, and really making sure that it was plug and play. And we've come a long way in doing that over the last 12 months. And I would say, too, you know, we continue to use that agency I mentioned for legal directory and PR work, as well as some complex graphic design work. And that's been huge. That agency has done a really good job for us. Uh, You know, I've tried to counsel my firm and and our attorneys here that no matter how big you are as a marketing and BD function, you really need external third-party resources that can help with legal directories, awards and rankings type work. Uh, you need someone that can that can run PR for you. you know we had it at my last firm. there might have been 50 of us in marketing and BD, um, but we still needed agencies to drive legal directories and PR to some degree because they're they're very nuanced and you need to have relationships with the media. And so we've spent a lot of time making sure that agency fully understands our firm we've organized all of our legal directory work you know we're monitoring 700 plus opportunities on a yearly basis and making sure that we are applying for the right ones at both the firm uh in the practice and the individual attorney level you know so we've really good cadence going on uh, across the board with all of the digital marketing business development marketing communications pr legal directories all of that is is now in place and we're really focusing on so much here in
0: in 2023 and leaning on agency that on the agencies and using um, some of the things that they're, they're, actually quite good at. You mentioned some of those PR tasks that goes back to your point about um, being the expert. Obviously you're, you're the expert in, in marketing and um, you can get the stuff done in the law firm, but actually maybe some of those guys are, are better at doing some of those other tasks. So, so getting them to support sounds like a, a, a pretty good idea. Absolutely. And you mentioned a few, um, punchy projects, a, a website and a CRM build, which um, a lot of marketers will wince at the thought of taking on a project like that. And so so some pretty tough going projects. So how did you get so much done in, in in such a short time?
1: Yeah, I mean, the number one, right, and it's it's what everyone always says, but it's so true, right, is a strong team. If it was still just me here, I certainly would have been would not have been trying to rebuild a website, build a CRM, you know, get our RFPs and pitches in place, conduct research. It, we're even putting together an internal communications uh, strategy here at the firm. Right? None of that is po- would be possible without a strong team. And so, the three individuals that I brought in, they have made me look great. They make me look great every single day. Um, so that is obviously number one. And and the other two, I would say, are kind of aligned with with the culture here. And and that is trust. You know, I mentioned that earlier, but trust from administrative leadership, trust from our executive committee uh, to know that they wanted this function and then to see it grow. They have been fully supportive of everything I have tried to do and put in place. And that's not to say everything is rubber stamped. There's a lot of hoops you still have to jump through, but I would expect that from a partnership. Uh, but to go back to, to the idea of hoops jumping through, there's no more... Insane, crazy approval process, right? Which I am used to from big law. Um, you know, I don't need thirty individuals to sign off on updating the editorial standards. Okay, <laughs> that is over with. I can give you a quick story on that one. So, like I mentioned, Caitlin Flanagan coming over as our marketing communications manager. You know, one of the first things that we worked on was was redoing and revamping and really creating the editorial standards. And we had some good questions, you know, based on the previous form we worked with, you know, do we want to be using serial commas, you know, whatever it may be, what do we capitalize? What do we don't really getting into the nit and gritty. And we went through it and we made those decisions. And she said, okay, well, where do we go now for approval? And I said, this is all approved. We have editorial standards. And she said, really? And it's just, yes, it's that unbelievable understanding that we have been empowered by this firm to make those decisions. We make those decisions and we move on to the next project. So, Having a strong team in place, making sure you have trust from your leadership, your executive committee, which is our, you know, our partnership, our lead partners, our our admin leadership, and really cutting down on those crazy approval processes that are at a lot of firms, and we be able to see the fruits of our labor every single day here. It keeps us motivated. It keeps us aci- excited to come to work because we get to see how much difference we are making every time we take on a project and finish that project.
0: I bet that that change of speed in getting stuff done is, is just a breath of fresh air for you and Caitlin and, and the rest of your team. Absolutely. Uh,
1: there's there's nothing truly more empowering um, for a team than to see, like I said, the fruits of their labor. You know, I mean, we'll, we're going to get, to go back to our two technology projects, we're going to build a CRM from scratch and we're going to redo the website from scratch, every single page, and we're going to get both of those projects done in a year. You know, there's been times where it's taken in my career six months just to get approval on a homepage, right? We're not going to have that here. We have people who trust us. We have, you know, attorneys who are engaged um, that will weigh in quickly. You know, if I need advice and and there is one particular partner here at the firm that has a really good eye, he did build the original website in 2017. You know, I know that I'm going to get his feedback. I'm going to get it timely. It's going to be important that I get it because he's got great ideas and and we're going to take that and it's going to continue to help us get to a better product but these these deliverables don't take months now they take days and it's it's so empowering for the team to see that they're being trusted getting feedback that is spot on uh, and then being trusted to go do the job that they've been hired to do
0: so a big part of what you've done is is bring on board the people to help you with this so we've talked a lot about this team and building that team out um, what's that been like trying to recruit a whole team in this um, talent market and, and what's been your philosophy in building that team out?
1: Yeah, the first question I think can be answered by, by the stance that I did bring two individuals with me from, from my previous firm. And, and that's that's not to say I took the easy way out. There, there was ve- That was very calculated. I, I knew who I wanted. I, I targeted the two individuals I wanted. I knew their skill set you know there w- there wasn't a robust market as i think we all have seen you know i didn't post that job and get hundreds of qualified applications but i did certainly get several um but i just knew i was comfortable you know after going through the interview process with those two individuals and so i did take them with me um and that's been great just you know just talk about having those relationships in place uh it's been really good to hit the ground running we all knew our working styles Um, they, they have no problem pushing back on, on some things I, you know, want to put in place. It's a very, uh, collegial and, and collaborative environment. It was that way at my previous firm with the two individuals, with those two women. So it was great to just bring them over and hit the ground running with our BD manager, Kristen. Uh, we did go through an exhaustive, uh, process and it, and it was difficult to find the right candidate, but as I have said to her, um, you know, multiple times, I couldn't be happier. Um, with the team that I've been able to build, she's been such a great um, addition to the team. Um, she came with fresh ideas, which is something I was very focused on. You know, my last firm did business development a certain way. Um I had a taste of that. But I wanted someone especially on the BD side, that could say, well, we did this at my firm a different way, and here's why it was successful. And Kristen is, is very professional and able to provide that guidance in a way that that we're all very receptive to that has moved our business development you know, capabilities for our attorneys very, very far in advance. I have had so many attorneys that we have worked on would say, wow, we've never had this type of capability here. You all just did 80, 90% of that RFP and didn't even need us to, to chime in until the 11th hour. And that's just, that goes back to, to the way that she has built that trust with the attorneys, how much we've gotten organized on the BD side. So kudos to, to Kristen and everything that she's brought over. The second part of your question, I'm, I'm blanking if you can re- remind me, I think it was more on culture, but...
0: It was... Um, yeah, if you want to, we, Yeah, We're ahead. talking about um, your sort of philosophy and building that team out. Absolutely. You know, I...
1: And this is, again, a little cheesy to say, and, and I hate to kind of preface it with that way, but I want to work with people that I want to be around, right? We don't have to be best friends. You know, we don't have to hang around every single night after work. You know, a lot of times work is about working hard and then going home to whatever it is you do at home, right? Whether it's you have family, children, a glass of wine, golf, you know, sports, reading a book, whatever it may be that you want to do. Oftentimes work is just an outlet to pay the bills and and to then go and enjoy whatever it is you do, you know, after the nine to five. And and that's okay. Here I think we have a good mix. We all certainly have our own, you know, personal lives. A couple of us have kids, couple one of us is getting married soon. You know, it, whatever it may be. I wanted to work with individuals that wanted that I wanted to be around. And so we have, um, we've really been able to, t- to take that on. Uh, we spend a lot of time working together. I enjoy spending time with them. We have our own personal lives. We do go out after work every once in a while. We have that social aspect there's a, a significant amount of trust that we have in one another. I know that if I pass an assignment off to a member of the team, it's going to get done. It's going to get done well. It's going to get done on time. Uh, and we can all stand behind that work. So it really is all about building a team of individuals that you want to be around every day. You know, I didn't want to go to a law firm where maybe I had 20 or 30 uh, members of my team. We are very agile here. And I enjoy that. I, I get to know them personally. I get to work with every member of the team every day. And it's been a joy to be able to do that.
0: It it, it does sound incredible. Yeah. And I, I I'm fully on board with that idea of, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to spend a lot of your time at work. It's only going to be better if you you're working with people that you enjoy working with. And and I imagine you get some well, you've you've highlighted some of the amazing things you're getting done.
1: Yeah, it's been great. I would say too, and in You know, there's like another branch of my team, if you will, um, that we have here. We have a very strong relationship with um, a a conference company, Perrin Conferences, um, owned and operated by Lindsay Perrin. And she has been an incredible partner for my team. Her and her team are, we're very much aligned on conference work. We're very much aligned on events and webinars and seminars. And, you know, she has clients all over the legal industry. Um, But we've been able to leverage the relationship we have with her, Um, in her experience and expertise and her relationships. And she's just been such a a great opportunity for me to pick her brain on a regular basis. But, you know, that relationship in particular, I almost look at it and and I, not almost, I do look at it as almost like another arm of my team, right? So parent conferences and Lindsay, they've just been great um, resources for my team from a marketing and business development perspective, but also as you know, this is a little bit of a different area of law than I did at my last firm. And, and she and her team have been incredible resources for, for all of us here at, at MG and the law firm to get us up to speed, to make introductions and, and make sure that we are getting the most out of our marketing
0: and BD efforts. Yeah. And, and that links to that point we were talking about earlier. It's, it's something my, my friend always used to tell me is like, you don't need to be a, an expert at everything, but it's helpful to know an expert. In everything, so just knowing the right people you can lean on and, and and getting them to help you when when you have something come up
1: i I, I think uh, that' is, that's exactly right right and and I think it goes back to the saying the mantra of a great leader surrounds themselves with great people right and so you know whether I'm a great leader or not, that's rather set <laughs> aside. Um, but what I've been able to do is surround myself by the smartest people in the room when it comes to marketing and business development, right? And it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where they make me look good every single day. Um, but you know, if if I had a if I had a weak team, if you will, right? If 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 it wasn't a good match, then then the work product would show. Uh, but instead, I've been able to surround myself with an expert in digital marketing, an expert in Marcom, an expert in BD, you know, um, experts with Lindsay and her team on events and conferences and webinars and seminars, and then our agency, experts in in PR and legal directory work. And together, we all come together. And that's what makes the strongest team possible, is all of us working together, rowing in the same direction.
0: And you're, you're forming a, a sort of legal Avengers team. So we're at that point in the um, in the podcast where we find out a bit more about you, Chris. We're, we're going to jump into the quick fire round. I love it. Let's do it. What was your first job?
1: Uh, so I'm like, I think a lot of folks, um, I worked when I was, before I was even in my teens, um, I worked at a farm stand uh, in my town. Now that makes where I grew up sound like I I grew up in a, uh, in the country, if you will. And I'm I'm not, I'm from Waltham, Massachusetts. It's a big city. Uh, But growing up, we had a couple farms that were still in place. Um, I think now they're, they're all gone. But back in the day, um, I did work at a farm stand. I was in charge of setting up the tables with the flowers and, And doing the orange juice every day and making fruit cups and they had a little bit of a deli and I helped out in there and I used to cut the grass and and work in the field a little bit, although I I wasn't the best uh, at doing that, but that was my first true job. And then I also spent time really early in in my life working at a pharmacy, you know, at the register. And and then during the summers, I was a janitor and a lot of kids in my high school did this. We would partner up with the different schools and clean the schools all during the summer so they were ready for uh, September when all of the kids would come back. So scraping the gum off the bottom of the desks, you know, I never put gum on the bottom of the desk cause I knew it would probably be me scraping it off. So I never did anything like that, but you know, cleaning the floors, waxing the floors, washing all the windows and everything. So I had a bunch of jobs, you know, pre-high school and in high school. Um, but I was always working. It was always something that my parents instilled in me that I, that was always very important for me to do. And and who didn't like having some income as, as a high school kid and, and before that. So.
0: Absolutely. What makes you happy at work?
1: Yeah, I would go back. And, and again, I know that everybody says this, but it really is true. It's the people I work with. And, and it's it's obviously my team. It's the attorneys. They are, they are great to partner with here. Um, it's the other admin staff. And then I would just add to that. I know I've said this a couple of times, but the trust, that's what makes me happy is knowing that I work in a place that fully trusts what I say, um, that fully trusts my team, and and wants us to be the ones that move marketing and business development forward as opposed to just feeding them ideas that they can come and come and go with. So the people and the trust and being valued and supported every day. I, I use this term a lot. You know, I want to just be treated like the adult I am in this place. And I'm not to say that that other places I have worked didn't do this, but I feel like every day I am treated like an adult. Um, and, and that's all you can really ask for.
0: Very good. What are you listening to at the moment? This could be podcast, music, audio book.
1: Yeah, so to, good timing on this question. And I don't know, uh, this might fall uh, flat with some of the listeners to this podcast, but just two nights ago, uh, which was Valentine's Day, so I'm, I don't know if I've just dated this podcast, but I went to a concert um that brings me right back to my childhood, my 90s. I saw Bush in Candlebox. Now, again, I'm not sure how many folks know that, but in the late uh, 1990s, Bush was one of the biggest acts going, So, uh, as was Candlebox. So I've seen them both a few times, and they played uh, at, a, at a venue here in, in Boston, uh, and there were about 14 of us that went, including our wives, because it was Valentine's Day, so we did bring our wives. Uh, but it was a great concert uh, of, of Bush and Candlebox. Other than that, I'm I'm really into podcasts. Uh, right now, I'm listening to Smartless, which is Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. Okay. And then there's another one of it's uh, called Fly in the Wall that came out with Dana Carvey and David Spade. So I try to avoid the politics, uh, especially when I'm you know working out and, and listening to a podcast. So I, I try to gravitate towards the the humorous ones, if you will, the nice lighthearted ones. So those are the two I'm listening to right now.
0: Yeah, get a bit of David Spade on. And um, what's your favorite place to visit and why?
1: You know, I love to travel. I I do have two kids under the age of of 12. So that's become a a little bit more difficult these days. So what maybe I'll answer this with two of my dream vacations that I really want to take once my kids get a little bit older. uh, And I hope to take both of them with us, uh, with my wife and I on this. But I am really focused on chartering a boat through the USVIs. I've I've been to the USVIs or the BVIs, uh, Charles. You know, I have no problem with that, although (laughs) the pound is quite expensive these days. So that's why I kind of gravitate towards the USVIs. But I would love to charter a boat. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie Captain Ron, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest movies of all time, if if I do say so myself. Um, and I would love to to have that experience going through the different islands down uh, the different you, you know U.S. or, or British Virgin Islands. And then the second one I would say that I'm so ready to do at some point is to take a safari in in, in an African country. And I haven't decided exactly which country. I know saying Africa is lumping an entire continent, but an African safari is the top of my list. I I really really want to do that uh, as part of my bucket list.
0: Oh, that that they sound like two pretty incredible adventures i'll have to put you in touch with our founder at passel he sailed around the world with his kids um, a wow. few years ago so he can give you some tips i um, love it so finally um to, to bring things back to the, the theme of our podcast talking about um uh, what you've achieved at, at, at the firm in, the, in the, your first year and a half of being there and um, what would be your one piece of advice for others thinking about or trying to build out their their marketing and bd function
1: yeah, I, I would go with do what you love and do what you know, right? And I mean, I think especially in, in my instance, I needed a lot of quick wins when I first got here, right? Um, I, I needed to make sure there was a lot of communication in place with our executive committee, right? Which is our lead partners, as well as our, our one or two leads on the on the admin side. But mostly it's a, it's a partner committee that leads the firm. And it's so important that you communicate with them and get FaceTime with them as much as possible. So when I say do what you love, pick the projects that you know and that you want to work on as much as you can. There's still going to be 80% of reactive marketing and BD that you have to do, but find some things that you know and love, get quick wins out of them and make sure that you are taking every opportunity to build relationships with, improve communications with firm leadership. Not enough can be said about building those relationships both personally and professionally and making sure that you have regular check-ins. One more quick story. So when I first started here, I was told that I had to conduct a monthly meeting for the entire partnership on marketing and business development. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, What does this really look like? What am I going to do? I'm going to have to put together a presentation every single month and and make sure I'm, I'm keeping them entertained for an hour. That has turned into my favorite hour of the week, of the month, I should say, I'm sorry. And the reason for that is it gives me an opportunity to manage up to the partnership. Let them know everything that I am working on, that my team is working on, all of our successes, all of the project updates. And there's never a thought, at least I, from my point of view, of the partnership saying, what does that marketing and BD team really do? Because once a month, I get to tell them everything we're working on, collect their feedback, and make sure that we are applying it, you know, to the different projects and, and opportunities that we have in front of us. So, I would say focus on what you love, get some quick wins, and make sure you have communications vehicles in place, whether they're regular presentations, reg- regular meetings, or what have you, that get you face time with firm leadership, so you can hear from them and they can hear from you.
0: Brilliant. So I took away quick wins and keeping everyone in the loop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you and and hear about all the all the. Um, exciting projects you've um, taken on board and building out your team and and it sounds like you've got off to a fantastic start and I wish you all the best for 2023
1: Thank you so much Charles, I, I really appreciate you having me on, I've been a listener to the podcast uh, so it was a real pleasure to have you invite me on and, and I would love to come back anytime you'll have me